and shot after shot Whether you like it or not And it takes more than a plot To knock this beat from the top As please I conquer this land With destiny in my hands Cause many may in demand Welcome everyone to the In Off The Bench Podcast. I am Jim Cross and I am joined as always by my partners in crime, my brothers from other mothers, Daniel Ball and Randy Jowers. And fellas, tonight this is a good one. It is the season two finale, episode 28 titled, Who Are You? You Are Our Worst Nightmare. That line is from the movie Rambo and it's only fitting because both of our guests in the octagon, they are your worst nightmare. And it just so happens that one is named Rambo. So let's not beat around the bush anymore, fellas, and welcome on Raheem Rambo Forrest and Eric, your boy, Anders. Raheem, man, we're, we're, we're good, man. We're just proud and, and excited to have you, man. I know you've had a eventful past couple weeks and we want to get the the story on all that but uh you know first like take me back let our listeners know where are you from what was family life growing up you know were you an athlete you know when when and how did you become a fighter well i grew up in memphis tennessee uh family um i have a lot of family in memphis um Basically, well, I wasn't too much of family oriented growing up because I was too much of in the streets and everything. Uh, yes, I'm uh, I'm an athlete, played football, I ran track. Um, I had scholarships to go D one, D one, D two, but ended up with the streets to you know to have my mind all on that stuff and messed it up. Um, so basically. Let me see, uh, about a year out of high school, I got tired of, you know, just being in the streets. I was I was tired. Of, I wanted to change my life around. So I hit my high school football coach up and asked him, could he find me, uh, you know, a school to go to, D1, D2. It didn't matter. Just, you know, just to get away from the change of life around. Um, he found me a school in Arkansas, ABC, Arkansas Baptist College. Played there for a little while. It's actually where uh, Cam Newton transferred there to play uh, quarterback. They uh, wanted to put him at tight end, so he left. <laughs> I think that move played out. Yeah, that was a mistake on their part. Yeah, he, they tried to put him at tight end. But, uh, I was there. I had, uh, While I was there, I was the best linebacker there, sideline to sideline, speed. Um, great football IQ. But I, it was one thing that missed me. I had asthma. So, me – Everything I do, I go hard. I go 100%, 110%. So every time we ran like suicides or, you know, the Indian run, yeah. ended up passing out because I used to run so hard. <laughs> so he said I was, a, I was a liability. I'm like, what? And it messed me up. So he said, I can make you the cameraman. I'm like, I can't do that. Uh, <laughs> like, I packed up and left. Hold so, on now. It's, it's, it seems like those dudes – had the reverse of what they should be doing. They're taking all their athletes and making them do things that they they shouldn't be doing. They got yeah. they got their best linebacker saying, "Hey man, we're gonna put you as a cameraman," and they got guys like Cam Newton that they're gonna say, "Hey, we're gonna put you a tight end." So like, I, oh, that's, this school is questionable, man. So so how do, how do you go from? I mean, I I don't know if you politely said 
hell no, but I, I think it probably went something like that. I gave him a weird look. I'm respectful. I'm not gonna just <laughs> like what I gave him the wood and the look. Um, so from there, well, I, I grew up like just fighting in the streets, just, just getting mad and going out, just for no reason fighting people. Um, and from there, um, I what is his name? Kevin, the guy named Kevin Henry. Um, I found him on Facebook. It was three things I always wanted to be growing up. It was a Marine, to be in the NFL, and a fighter. I couldn't pass the ass for after nothing. <laughs> um, and uh, football didn't work out. So well, you 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 stuck to really what you kind of fell back into, which is just fighting. And, and yeah. help help walk me through this. So. You're in the streets doing your thing, and like I'm sure our, our imagination can run as to what that means. But how yeah. do you decide, you know, because it's hard. Like you yeah. hear stories all the time for people that just said, I tried, I tried, I just couldn't get out of it. So how do you get out of it? If you want to really get out of it, you will. It's, it's a basically discipline. I, I, um, what I did, just stayed away from it, worked. You know, work and um, training. Just those little things that help you stay away from it. Work, go to training, work, go to training. It, it takes away all the time through the day. So at, at what point do you decide, I want to be, I want to try to fight and I want to do it in a ring or in a cage or go to a gym and train for it? That was what, 2015? around that time and it was something I know I could you know go far in it just like it's, it's in my blood it's in my family it's in my bloodline like so you have a lot of first like I have an uncle I call him uncle junior he was a golden glove boxer uh, my dad knew some more tie he wrestled in high school uh Illinois and then on down like it's just in my bloodline so MMA I had a little boxing growing up just a little but boxing boring to me. <laughs> I love MMA because you get to use your full abilities, everything, you know. So, but I really got into it around 2015. Um, basically, I, I actually stopped working. I was just training like three times a day. So it helps blow off steam. Um, it, it helps with my. I'm also. I don't like telling people this, but it helps with my bipolarism and stuff like that. So, like, it just, I just blew off a lot of steam doing it. So, I just stuck to it 100%. So, what – when you decide that you're going to start training, are you with a, a gym? Or are you just, you know, doing this with friends? Like, are you got training partners? What What is – how well, do you – how does that work? Okay, well, the guy started off with he, he didn't have a gym. We was training that part. He had experience doing it. He had some all right ground game and everything, some striking. Uh, I started off somebody with experience, but um, with him we was going to parks, uh, garages, people you know, garages and stuff like that. And then we uh finally found a one. It was like two gyms we finally started going to, but we was still cross training. Uh, it was a uh, chill cause MMA and um, Memphis uh, Grappling Academy. So, oh, 
training with them, it was it was all right. Uh, not not enough training for me. Good, like the gym I'm in now, Memphis Judo Jiu Jitsu, is on a whole nother level. The grappling, the cage work, the striking, everything. Like we actually working hard. When I was with uh, when I was with that team, it, it really wasn't a lot of people that was trying to you know train every day, work as hard as me, and I and I couldn't I couldn't get down with it like. I'm not going to get better if I'm just here training with myself and my coach do like one or two rounds. Like, all right, that's it. I'm tired. That's how I work for the day. That's not how I work. It's, it, I couldn't do it. So with that, it had me as being like a mediocre, like amateur. So it kept me at like a, I had like 18 fight, kept me at like a mediocre, like five and five type of guy, but I could beat any, either one of those guys that were fought. So, uh, I think I lost my last fight, and I was like, I am, I'm tired of this. I'm tired of losing. I know I can win these fights. Like, I'm literally stuffing, like, wrestlers' takedowns. I'm knocking people out. I'm like, I know I should be better than this. Just a little thing. So I uh, transferred over to Memphis Judo Jiu-Jitsu. Actually, the, the guy I fought trains there. The last, the last guy I lost to, that's not – Transfer it over because they coach wanted me like oh he he's actually good. Uh, you might know uh, Jake Underwood and uh, Zach. Oh yeah. So yeah. so at what at what point do you go all right like I can actually get paid to do this? So was it when you were with these guys and you kind of like to me it sounds like you reached the limit to the height of of the people you were training with and you said you know i i gotta get out of here i gotta do something because you kind of fall stagnant and it's easy to get caught in there and keep doing the same thing because it's easy and it's comfortable but i'm sure at some point you had to have some type of epiphany that said man i get paid for this i need to go get humbled and go where people are better than me so I can get better? Oh, uh, well, I, basically, I really didn't even do it for the money. Like, this is what I love to do. Uh, I knew it was coming, like, the money would come at any time, uh, as long as you work hard and everything. Like, literally, my first sponsor, I didn't even ask for any sponsors. They they came to me uh, because of my performances and everything. I, I give a show when I fight. So I, I really wasn't even thinking about the money. It was just like I knew it would come one day. So let's talk about that transition. You go over to Memphis Judo Jiu-Jitsu. How long were you training in there before you had your first – I mean, I you had fights before you went there. But how long did you train with those guys before you took your next fight? Um, I, it was a couple of months. I actually – I lost – that first couple of months, I lost another fight. But after that, I had to get used to the, the, uh, the work ethic and everything, how they actually train. So, Oh, yeah, iron sharpens iron over there. Yeah. So after what the – let me see, the first first or second year, I started, like, just progressing fast. Then Trey Manley came back to Memphis. So, man, Trey, like – Took you on another level. Yeah, Trey took me on another level. I, I listened to everything he said. Like, the striking is just different, and it and it works for me. It works well with me. Well, we saw that. We saw that just a few <laughs> weeks ago. So yeah, Trey was just on a couple right right before he was on the like the Wednesday before both of you guys fought. Uh, so how many amateur fights did you have? You know, once you're in it, here before you talked about going pro. Uh, I think it was like eighteen. I had a lot of fight amateur fights. Oh, um, when I first started, I fought in uh 
Florida. I went two and no before I lost my first one. Uh, but it, it was about 18. A lot of them were un- unsanctioned, though, in Florida. Oh, I- <laughs> so, they don't, so they don't show them on the actual uh, record. So you're talking to the guys, you've taken these 18. I mean, it's a conversation, even before you took your first part, I'm sure. I've been around a lot of fighters. You're talking about that first pro fight for a while before it actually happens, right? Yeah. So yeah. The, when, you, when you got that, hey, look, it's time to go pro, was that, you know, your, your team telling you, hey, it's time for you to go pro, or was that you saying, all right, that's it, I'm ready to get my first pro under my belt? No, I didn't even ask I'm because I'm patient. I know going pro is a whole nother level. Uh, I'm humble, like, and I'm humble at it. Even when I first started, I was humble. I'm not the one type of person to come in and just be like, I can beat you, this and that. Like, no, I know the level of competition. Like, I'm, I'm not uh, in denial. <laughs> so, I know there's levels to it. So, let's talk about them. You said you started an amateur fighting in Florida. But talk about some of the organizations that you fought with in amateur and what were some of your favorite moments in there? Uh, the most – most of the only one I ever fought on was uh, V3. Uh, V3, Attitude. I fought on Attitude once. Uh, I think it's another one called – in another part of Tennessee called Warriors. Warriors then Championships or something like that. Fought with them. Uh now, the one in Florida, I just flat out got their name. I don't think they exist anymore. Well, unsanctioned, <laughs> they might not. They might shouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> so, with V3, yeah. look, I've, I've been to a lot of V3 fights in my time, from the time it first started to recently, man, and talk about growth and having fighters of your caliber come up and the Trey Manleys, and the, the list goes on. Bryce Mitchell, all these guys. I mean, the list, literally, uh, Eric Anders. Yeah. All these guys. And so just talk about what that was like. What was that crowd like, you know, with, with V3? Because to me, I mean, it rivals. It's not the UFC. I understand the crowd's not that big. But, man, it gets packed in there. Yeah, I love it. Now, V3 is, like, literally one of my favorite places to fight. I, like, I, I I got mad when they, they you know, sold and everything. Yeah. But it felt like home. You know, I was comfortable there. Like other shows, I wasn't comfortable. It was like I just felt all jittery and weird. There, I was just calm, calm, cool, collected. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You talk as, as Memphis bred, just like you. I mean, it, it started from the ground. Now they're here. Yeah. So, you're talk- so, obviously, then Matt Wobble, you know, with the SFC, he comes along. He's matching up, pro fight. Now, not only are you getting your first pro fight, but you, you're, the damn, you're the main event. Yeah. So what are those conversations like going up into there? You said you're a humble guy, but it had to feel good, right? Yeah. I, I won't even – I wouldn't even think about it. I was just thinking about my performance. Like, am I going to perform well and everything? And, um, like, I'm humbled at all times. Like I said, you know, just, it, was a, it was a great experience. Then I, I got the knockout. So, <laughs> yeah, let's, let's talk about that. So, obviously, you know, you, you go into a fight, every fight, with a game plan. But I don't think that your game plan is usually, I'm going to knock this dude out this fast so let's talk about where is it like a feeling out or did you see something that you thought i'm gonna go for it here and see what happens so me i tell everybody i even tell pros this i don't go in with a game plan because you'll be stuck on that game plan and you start to keep doing it and trying you'll start to mess up so me i don't go on a game plan i, I train for every aspect the cage the ground the striking the grappling everything so 
But like I said, when I knocked, I set him up. I set it up three times. He didn't see it. I set it up three times. Jab to the body, hook over the top. I did it three times. He still didn't see it. So that last time I did it, I caught him. So when you, I'm a great, I'm a counter puncher. So when I jab, soon as you throw your punch, that's when I that's that's when I counter. So I uh, jab the body. Roll and hook at the exact same time he threw. That's it's a blind side hook, so you couldn't he couldn't see it at all. But like it was there was no way out of it. Look, he he, that's his fault. You you set it up three times. He still three didn't times. See it. Rambo, he still didn't see it. He still looked for it. He still yeah. Hey, shout out shout out to T.J. Welch. I'm not talking trash. I don't want to get whooped or nothing, uh, but hell of a a hell of a pro debut. A night full of unbelievable fights man you know i think there's some guys on that card that we could see you know not only at sfc shows later but possibly you know we're talking you know bellator cffc ufc uh i know that you've talked a lot about it on your page i've seen it with the, the uh, birmingham kid my god he's 17 years old he looks like he yeah. could go pro right now yeah you know, and, he, and cam <laughs> and cam is my teammate and i was when i was looking at them like like you know like cam is good like, oh no doubt. Kevin, <laughs> I'm like, I'm just looking. I'm like, it's 17. Like, and Cam has a strength of a 205, like literally, like a strength of like 85 and a 205. He's he's strong. Like he has those dense bones. Yeah. No, that was no no disrespect to him at all. That was an unbelievable performance from the young kid. Unbelievable from you. Unbelievable, Trey Manley. I mean, God, my leg was hurting watching that. Yeah. So, you know, huge night for all you guys. But leading into that, what's next for you, man? Um, I actually just signed with First Round Management. They, like, literally oh, the, shout day, out. the day after they hit me up and everything. So, um, I'm just training for right now. Like I, be, like I told you, I'm big on my performances. I, after every fight, I train. I, I'm going to look better each fight. It's, each fight, I will look better. I guarantee you. I'm working on the, the, the simple, the little things. Uh, yeah, so. Well, I'll, probably, be, I'll be watching. Yeah, so probably three to six months. Because they, they just gave me an offer to fight um, in May. But I'm still thinking on it. I got you. I got you. Yeah. Hey, you ain't got to rush. You ain't got to rush it, man. You the damn main event right now. They can't rush that. <laughs> so let me ask a question. So two things. First thing, when you're fighting, does it seem like slow motion? Like does things like it's hard to put into words. So like as a baseball player, the older I got and the more experience I had at certain levels, the game kind of slowed down. Yeah. So like when you're in a fight and you know that like you you know that you're better than the person in front of you. Does it slow down for you? Can you see like you throwing a punch going, oh man, I'm going to land this and it's going to be good. Well, well, the thing is, I try to think I want them to be better than me because I'm going to be on my uh, P's and Q's. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to slow it all the way down, but I know, you know how some people are like, man, I'm going I'm to kill this guy. It's different when you say that and you actually get in front of me. Like I'm a totally different person when you're in front of me, um, so I can I can slow the fight down. You can do that, and like just pick your shots like I did. You can master like you mastered it. 
You know what I'm saying? Just being patient, being calm, cool and collected, setting it up, you know, getting them to make mistakes. So now I do got one question for you. And I don't want you to get mad. I don't want you to try to whip my ass. But there was some thought that the fight got stopped too early. I'm not one of those people. I'm not one of those people. Yeah. I think you I think that referee saved him for yeah. some more damage. Because if you know because if you know my grounding pound, you will stop. <laughs> yeah. I was tapping out before you even landed. I was like, oh shit. But yeah, I just just I know do you hear that kind of stuff though? Or do you read it afterwards and you're like, come on, man? It was clean. Well, well, that was the people that's room for him. They don't say that. And if they do that, that means I don't care about him. Because literally, I when I hit him, you know how you get knocked out and your legs up onto you and you can break your leg like that? That's literally yeah. what happened. And he went, he got, like, he got stars. He went limp. Yeah. Oh, it was over. The, yeah. the, the clock, the, look, the clock struck. It was over. It was a wrap. Yeah, he literally failed, like, a mile per hour, he fell slow. So they like, <laughs> I have never, I've never, I've never heard a clock like that. He fell one mile per hour. <laughs> I, I, I love it. I love it. Look, yeah. well, I can't wait to see the next fight. Hopefully, we see it sooner rather than later. If I'm, I'm sure that Matt's gonna have you, uh, you know, the next profile. I, I can't wait to see it. I'm gonna buy it just like I did last time. If I can't be in person, I'll at least watch it right here on my TV. But uh, we're gonna transition into a little game. Simple, this or that. There's a couple rules, Rambo. I'm gonna call you Rambo, right? Yeah. yeah. You can't you can't pick neither, and you can't say both. You got to pick either or. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So we're gonna go. It's gonna start out just like easy softball questions. The first one: stand and fight or ground and pound. Stand and fight. <laughs> All right. The second one: softball too. Call or text. Call. All right. So, really, you're not a texter at your, at your age. You're not a texter. Oh, yeah, I am, but I rather talk. You rather talk. Well, See, some some people say I uh when I take it, I sound mean, so I have to actually talk to it. <laughs> things can get misinterpreted in a text message. I'll give you yeah. that. All right, so fast forward into the future or rewind in the past. I'm getting into uh, the tough ones. Man. Probably fast forward because the, the past is the past for a reason. All right. So fast forward, what's it look like? You fast forward and how long we going and what are we doing? It don't get no easier. This, this one's this, this one step at a time right there. You, hey, like, you didn't see that hook coming. I set you up three times. Yeah. It's all good. Hey, look, if you got I'm, I'm going to move on to the next one. I'm move on to the next one. First round knockout like we just saw. Or unanimous decision, but it goes the distance. I, I like a good fight. I like a. That's why. That's why I thought it was gonna happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was ready. Yeah. So I like unanimous decision. Yeah. I had a few knockouts, so I'm used to that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I hope that my my co-host looking at you. I hope he wrote this down right. Got a rematch. You're gonna pick Logan Reed or Daniel? Is it Darnovich? Daniel Darnovich. Yeah. Which one you picking? Ah. I got to I got to uh, that, that would be Danny. I got to because he got me with an arm. <laughs> oh, you, Man, you, I, I actually, I hit him with a, like a hard hook. And when I, I it dropped him to his knees. But I, I swear, I, when I hit him, if, if 
he turned into a Khabib. I can't do nothing. I can't, I couldn't do nothing about it. Like he just like went in another mode. And like he did a like just a full transition, like from full mount to arm. I'm like, God, Lee. So but, and I if took you fought him again though, could you take him? Uh, yeah, I would. I would. It'll it'll be fun. Uh. <laughs> well see that Matt, I know Matt's gonna be listening. That's what we're talking about. Is he pro though? Yeah, he went pro after that fight. I think he I went can't... like I think he went two and oh, one and one or something like that. Okay. All right, last one. This is our staple question. And I hope that I, you give me the right answer because I'm going to be judging you. Actually, I got, I got two more, but I'm going to ask you this one first. Money or friends? Friends. Mm, wrong answer. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I understand why people pick it, but I, I'm, I'm picking money, and I'm going to get some new friends. Yeah. Bump them cats. I, I, I really just got into, like, me growing up, I really didn't, you know, too much I have friends, but if you got the right ones, just like my coaches in them, we're like a family. Oh, yeah. If you got the right ones, then yeah. All right, last one. I'm going to let you go. Photo shoot on <laughs> Riverside Drive or per next pro fight? Uh, next pro fight. <laughs> <laughs> I had to end it on that one, man. Hey, I ain't going to lie. No cap. It looked good, though. You look good out there. <laughs> oh, hey, I seen, there was, I seen you. You had some honey sweating you, too. They was on there <laughs> legit sweating. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, I'm going to let DB wrap it. All right, Raheem, man, where, where can we follow you? Where, where can we – anything you want to plug or promote or social media, you name it, man. Uh, well, my Instagram, uh, my MMA profile, Rambo underscore MMA 97. That's the Instagram. And um, Facebook. Raheem Rambo Forrest. And I have a, I also have a clothing brand. It's called Loyal Hustlers. Everybody's a hustler. The, you guys are hustling. Y'all making these calls, you know, staying up all night, you know, just to go over stuff. That's a hustler. Um, I have a website for this it's called hustlerspath.com. Hustlerspath, P-A-T-H.com. All right, man. Well, seems like outside the fight game, man, you got your hands full. Um, man, we wish you all the best. If there's anything we could do for you as far as, you know, promoting the fight for you or even, you know, just, just getting you back on to, to talk some more, just let us know, man. All right. Thank you, guys. That is Raheem Rambo Forrest. We appreciate him joining us tonight and be on the lookout for his next upcoming fight and also check out his clothing brand, Loyal Hustlers. We are going to take a quick break, and then we will be back with our second interview of the night with our guest, Eric, your boy, Anders. We got back on the show, Eric Anders, UFC fighter. He's going to talk about his road to redemption talk about the last fight and so much more i don't want to waste any time i want to jump right into it because i know eric has a lot to get off his chest and a lot to tell us about so without further ado help me welcome onto the show our man ufc fighter eric anders
So look, we're just gonna jump right in. We look. Your last time we talked about your story. You know, we all we know all the greats, but this time we're gonna jump right in. We're gonna talk this last fight if if that's okay with you. Let's do it. Let's do it. So I'm reading that night. I'm watching the fight, and in my opinion, it's just me talking. You can feel free to correct me. You're dominating the fight. You're doing your thing. It ends in a bad way. No contest. Not a DQ for everybody out there. I saw some Twitter fingers saying it should have been a DQ. So and then I'm reading the I'm reading why, and we'll let you talk about this. But the Herb Dean thought maybe that he baited you into it. You were not in the greatest position to see it. So just talk about what that was like and and what, what your feeling was. Um, man, to be honest, man, you sometimes when you get a guy hurt like that. Uh, and you landed a bunch of punches, you know, the best uh, word that I could describe is like bloodlust. Like you're not thinking, you're not reacting, you're just doing. And um, if you've never been in that moment, you know, it's kind of hard to, uh, you know, explain. You know, the fight's almost over here, Herb Dean's, I'm about to fight or fight back. You know, he's about to stop the fight. And, um, you know, he, he was kind of playing that game where he's up, he's down, he's up, he's down, he's up, he's down, he's up, he's down. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, I'm responsible for, you know, the strikes that I throw and whatnot. And, you know, it was an illegal strike, but, um, you know, when the doctor comes in, it's hard to argue that the, it was that knee that made him unable to continue versus the previous four minutes of that round. Um, you know, if you take that knee out or that knee lands, you know, in the first minute of the fight, you know, that fight uh, continues, you know. Um, so, but, but, you know, it is what it is, you know, it's on me, you know, and, uh, you know, it's things like that kind of happen sometimes. They do, man. So I did, I did find it a little funny and it, I don't look not, not funny. haha, but that when Peter Yan got his DQ, like you had some things to say on Twitter and then after, you know, your no contest, there were some things said back. I've seen you guys have a little back and forth. So just talk about what, I mean, obviously it was different. You know, his was, uh, to, to me, it was a little bit, I'm not saying he did it on purpose, but it seemed like it was uh, a little like the shot landed. It was a lot like he was in a better position to see what he was doing. And maybe like you talked about, I didn't think about it because I'm not a pro fighter. Bloodlust, like he's really not thinking. He's really just whooping ass and doing his thing because to me, he was dominating that fight too. And then it happens like that. So just talk to us like that. Did you Have you guys talked on the phone about that, like what the differences were or just, just through Twitter? Nah, just through Twitter. And, uh, man, I don't ever like – I'm not really a shit talker about other people's performances. I've been in there. I've, you know, I, you know, I've done some stupid stuff in there too. So, you know, it was just like a, a little joke, you know, oh, yeah. just like a little jab, you know. And then, uh, you know, I was like, man, Peter Yawn out here playing by pride rules. And then he retweeted that with the facepalm uh, thing, and rightfully so. And um, I saw a meme where you know, you seen the movie in uh, in Predator, Ron Schwarzenegger meets Carl Weathers, and he's like. <laughs> They do the, the handshake and the folks shows their biceps and whatnot. <laughs> well, somebody did that and like one on one was me, one on was him, and then the, the fists together were illegal knees. And so I just retweeted that and said that we're, uh, you know, pride rule brothers, you know. And uh, just a joke, man. He, uh, you know, that was about it, to be honest. So have you had any conversations, um, you know, after the like, what? Uh, I, first of all, let me take that back. What when when Herb stops the fight? What is he saying to you? Uh, he's not saying anything to me. You know, he's over there talking to the doctor and talking to Darren. And I could already tell that the doctor was going to stop the fight, man. Because 
you know, he was asking the questions. He asked Darren to walk to him. Darren kind of, you know, took those little baby steps or whatnot. And then he looked at Herb Dean. He looked at Darren. And then he just shook his head no. And uh, so I already knew uh, it was over with. So, you know, I went over to and apologized to uh, Darren, you know, because, man, you know, you got to be responsible for, you know, the, the strikes that you throw. Even though I really don't think that that knee um, was a fight-ending knee. You know, I think, that, like I said, the previous four minutes, like if you take that knee out, stop the fight right then and there and make him do that same, you know, protocol, you know, he's going to fail that, you know, not because of the knee, but because of the onslaught that he took previous to that. So let me ask this. So when, when Herb pulls him to the side, let's say the doctor says he can go and he says he can go and it's a good to go, does he have as much time as he wants to, re, to get himself back together? He's got five minutes. So, Which, you know, I think, they should, I think they should, like, use that five minutes and then assess, you know. Now he's had time to, you know, catch his breath, recover, and, um, yeah, you know. I know what I would do. I'd be like, look, I, I'm not good. I need – all five of those minutes, please. Yeah, for sure. And I would feel that. So, but when, obviously, you know, I think they talked about it with the with the no contest is, was the reason that Herb Dean came out and said it. So, you know, to me, you know, props to Herb for saying that because I think, could it have been ruled a DQ after? I mean, I'm not really, just for those that don't know. Um, you know, Is that all Herb Dean's it. call? You know, I asked him too, but I don't think it is uh, Herb Dean's call. I think. Like, after two rounds, it goes to the judges' scorecards. Um, if it was deemed intentional, I think, is when it's, when you get disqualified. And uh, because he said that, you know, I guess, he, you know, he came out and said that he thought that he was baiting me and whatnot, it was unintentional, which, you know, it was. Um, that's why I was ruling no contest. Now, obviously, Darren Stewart's team, they, they scoffed at that. They said it was no baiting or whatever. What are you going to say, right? You're getting down. I, I agree with you. It was dominant. I felt like it was a great performance. I was happy to see it. I hated to see the way it ended. Obviously, I'm a fan. Even I don't even hold the fact that you're an Alabama player against you. I just wanted to see you win. And then, the, you know, the knee comes out. So, talk about what, what's next. I mean, how, how soon were you back in the gym after that? Um, man, you know, I, I was gone from the house and the family for like uh, nine weeks. So, you know, I, I really didn't leave the house until this week. You know, uh, it took some time in the – hung out with the wife, the kids. Um, we had just bought this house. I unpacked the house, and then I was on a flight out to Arizona the next day. So, man, I wanted to, you know, sleep in my bed for a little bit, you know, move around, no, uh, big be in the house. And, uh, man, you know, getting ready for a fight, um, man, that shit can be, like, emotionally and mentally draining as well. So, you know, I just wanted to sit back, relax, Um I've been on a diet for like the last nine weeks, so I haven't eaten anything green until probably today. Um, I had my first vegetables, you know, so, um, you know, just fat, dumb, and happy right now. Yeah, I was going to say that for those that, you know, that aren't, maybe that listen to our show that, that aren't huge MMA, talk like the, the, the training camps, right, that is to me, and you, you feel free to correct me, that's the grind, right? That's the harder part in the fight. The fight is what you – that's what you do. That's what you want to get to. But the, you talked about it, the, the emotional stress, you're away from your family, the diet and all that, the mental toll, not to mention the physical toll. So when you finally stepped into the cage, 
I mean, that's like a relief, right? Yeah. I, for me, once I get off the scale, you know, uh, my, my whole mentality changes because, um, Matt, for me to make 85, I got to do everything perfect. You know, I got to do everything right. I can't cheat on, you know, my diet. You know, I can't, you know, I skip workouts or anything like that. So I got to be locked in for the whole time. And then once I get off the scale, it's like, cool. You know, now now the fun part, you know, the bullshit's over with. Now it's the fun part to go out there, fight, and compete. Because um, that's what I love doing, you know. Eating vegetables and salads and cauliflower rice is not my idea of a good time, you know. No doubt. So how? So now that you're you're fat, dumb, and happy, you said you got finally got out of the house today. So do you have a next fight scheduled, or are you just kind of chilling right now, getting back in the swing of things? Um, man, yeah, I'm just hanging out. Um, started training and working out again today, and uh, man, we'll see what's up. You know, that phone is going to ring. I would imagine here pretty quickly, um, just because you know, first round, you know, the fight only went like four and a half minutes. I only got half my check, so I'm really, like, kicking myself in the ass over that. And, uh, yeah, I'm unscathed. I'm healthy. I'm good to go. So, you know, just waiting on the phone call, really. So, you, you think this fight will be a quicker turnaround than a normal a normal fight? Um, maybe, but, you know, I'm, like, 230 pounds right now. So, we're fighting at 85. It ain't going to be no quick turnaround. I need a full camp to, you know, to get my weight right, you know, and uh, get my cardio back right. Because right now, you know, my belly pressing against my lungs and your boy huffing and puffing walking up some stairs right now. So I got to get back in shape. Bro, that's my life. Getting, getting blowed getting blow up walking up a couple steps, man. That's It's unbelievable to see, like, the transformation. Like, how much weight, after weigh-in, how much weight do you put on? Um, man, you know, it really just varies. You know, I've been anywhere from like 205 to 225, you know, getting back in the cage the next day. So, um, I don't know. It just, you know, varies sometimes. Does it break you down over a camp to continuously lose, lose weight, lose weight, lose weight? And basically you're depleting your body. Like, I got to imagine like going into like, like going into the weigh-in, it's like you're just you you you're gassed. You're you're on empty, and it's like, man, I'm sure the weigh-in itself is like a huge relief off your back. Yeah, you know, I've um, before I, before I went to fight ready, man, I was running like 30, 35 miles a week. Um, you know, trying to cut weight, and so. By the time the fight comes, man, I'll be so tired sometimes. And you can see it in my performance. Uh, I'll be warming up in the back, and I'll just be like, whew, gosh, I'm tired as hell. I'm, like, breathing hard. Like, man, I trained so hard for this fight, and I'm getting blowed back here in the, in the, in the, you know, warming up and stuff. But this fight, man, I hardly – this is probably the least I train. Um, and when I say that, like, before I came to fight ready, like, I would train probably six to eight hours a day including like cardio, strength and conditioning and all that. Um, but when I went to fight ready, you know, they were like, you're doing too much. Um, you're not going to do that much. And I was kind of worried at first because I was like, dog, how am I going to make weight if I'm not, you know, sweating and burning calories and whatnot? Um, so, man, like I said, I probably trained three or four hours a day, and uh, which is, you know, like literally half of what I was doing. 
And, uh, man, it's the best shape I've ever been in. You know, I was, I was recovered. I felt good. I could have fought at the pace of that first round for five rounds if I needed to. Uh, the easiest weight cut uh, I've ever had. Um, the strongest, the fastest, most powerful I've ever felt. And usually when I'm cutting weight, like, my, my, my lips disappear. Like, <laughs> they, like, shrink. Like I'm so dehydrated and depleted, I can't put my teeth away. And, uh, man, this time, man, I probably, you know, I'll spend probably, you know, I'll spend a pretty good bit of fight week cutting weight. And, uh, but this time, this, this, this fight camp, I probably spent like three hours total cutting weight. And, uh, man, I felt good. I wasn't like, you know, like I said, I can always tell because where my lips are at. I mean, you know, I can feel my hips through my butt. Um, but I didn't feel any of that. You know, I just felt, I felt good even at 186 pounds, you know. Um, so, yeah, no more running for me. Man, how long does it take? Because I, I, when, you, when you describe it, you're cutting your, well, what your normal training routine is in half. Like you're going from six hours of training now down to three hours of training. I'm sure, like, that's got to take a toll on confidence. Like how long does it take to go? All right. Like I'm going to trust this process because it's going to work. Cause I can only imagine how you're feeling the first like month. You're like, dude, like how am I going to be ready for this fight? How am I going to cut all this weight? Like, well, the, the, like the results were like almost immediate, you know, like the first two weeks of camp, like, and like really I could tell in like my sparring, you know, I'd be tired. Um, but then as the week's gone on, like, my output, you know, I could have more output. I would last longer. My intensity could go up. So I was like, oh, shit, you know, my, my sparring is getting better. My quality of training is getting better. And my weight's still going down. Um, so, man, just the, through the whole camp, man, my confidence was just like, you know, through the roof. Man, that's, that's what's up right there. So I'm not going to ask you about a point uh, about – who you would like to fight, but I will ask you in the, in the coming fights, who is a matchup that you're looking forward to seeing? Not you fighting, but just any other fighter. What, what, oh, what fight are you looking man, forward to? Man, this weekend, Francis Ngannou and uh, Stipe, you know, I think that uh, and I've, I've, I've been in the training room with, with Francis. His wrestling and his grappling has gotten so much better. Um, so I don't think that, Stipe is necessarily going to be able to implement the same game plan that he did the first time, which makes Francis really, really dangerous if you can't take him down and hold him down. Um, I think his cardio is going to be a lot better. Man, 25 minutes is a long, 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 long time to avoid just one of those punches. That's all he needs. He just got to be right one time. And, uh, you know, that's it. And he clipped Stipe the first time, but Stipe was able to recover. And, you know, but uh, – I'm not sure how much Stipe has been training or, you know, I'm sure he'll be ready for the fight, but I think the world is going to be shocked at the improvement that Francis Ngannou has made, um, especially in the grappling department. Yeah. So I, I want to transition a little bit uh, out of MMA and then so perfect, maybe perfect timing for you to be sitting around eating up all the bad food, the NCAA tournament, you got the SEC tournament, right? And then like Alabama don't have enough. Now y'all got basketball too, man. I mean, I mean, y'all gonna go ahead and like win the damn NCAA tournament. Y'all, we can't have no sports, nobody else. Man, you know Alabama. That's just what they do, man. You know, it's just taking a little bit longer for the other sports to catch up. 
But uh, football, you already know they reign supreme. Gymnastics, you know, they kill it. Yep. Softball, they kill the game as well. And, uh, man, you know, th and this is also the thing. Nick Saban knows to get, like, recruits, it benefits if the other sports are doing well. And so he's, like, having the university put money into these other sports to improve their facilities and stuff like that because – Man, just the atmosphere when all the teams are winning, man, it's, it's crazy on uh, Alabama's campus. You know, um, I think the year we won, gymnastics won uh, a championship, and maybe the softball team did too. And when everybody's winning, everybody's winning. All the recruits are coming. And, man, you just see, you know, they get everybody they want now. Yeah, no doubt. So, just real quick, I'm gonna, I don't want to spend a lot of time on this, but, you know, everybody saw the video. Nick Saban, the, the kid, uh, he, he broadcasts, re retweets Nick Saban recruiting, pitching to him, and everybody's, everybody's mad about it. And I'm thinking, like, the dude didn't say anything that's not true, right? I mean, like, they do win. They win championships, and you're going to go somewhere else. We're going to beat you there. I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on it, but you, a guy that played for him, I mean, did you have any issue at all with anything he said? Hell no, nah, I reposted it because I was like, damn, what, what else can you tell? What can another coach tell that kid? You know, it's nah, over with. Nothing. If, I, if I'm a, you know, Julio Jones type or, or Devontae Smith type, you know, recruit, and I got 26, 27 other Division One offers, and Nick Saban get on the on the Skype or Zoom or whatever and hit me with that, it's a wrap. roll tie, coach, I'm there. You it's know? a wrap. Yeah, yeah I, look, I'm a I'm a lifelong Tennessee fan. Don't hold it against me, but Ooh. shit, I'm like, and we look right, right. We we don't we're not good at football. We up by 15 in basketball and blow that lead. I mean, you know, we just we really on the struggle bus for like you know I don't know 20 years now. Like, yeah, about say the last decade. Yeah. We can't get one. <laughs> we can't keep a coach. And now here I am. I'm thinking like, look, if my son and he ain't gonna play in college football, no D1, but. If my son was getting recruited, I'm telling him, if you're good enough, you better take your ass to Alabama, even if it's to watch them boys play. That's where you want to be because iron sharpens iron, just like the best. You want to get in the best MMA gym. You want to be surrounded by winners, man, and, and shout out to Alabama for doing it. Randy, be okay. the first one with that Bear Bryant suit on in the stands. Going houndstooth, baby. Roll Tide. Man, but, you know, the thing that he does so well, um, Nick Saban, is he creates an atmosphere of competition. So whether you're a true freshman or a fifth-year senior, the best player is going to play. And your job is on the line week in and week out. So you're already the best athlete in the um, You have to compete with the next best athlete from the, you know, the class you know, above you or below you. So, man, you have no choice but to have a winning team if you have the best players competing against the other best players uh, in the country, man. You know, and that same thing that Nick Saban said, you know, you got the – Outland Trophy, the best offensive lineman in the country, competing against the dude who won the best defensive lineman uh, trophy. So, man, if you got – first-round draft pick. So, if you got the two best guys competing against each other, man, you have no choice but to be good and, and you know, win games. It's, it's, it's hard – it's easy to hate them, but it's hard not to respect them because, I mean – they're doing what every school wants to do, win. They just figured out how to do it better. So, uh, Eric, man, we're going to let you run. Anything you want to plug, promote, or put out there so people can follow you or, or keep up to date with you? Yeah, you guys can hit me up on uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Matt Eric Anders. 
And a uh, big shout out to Rev Gear and uh, Nutra Effects for supplying gear and, you know, supplements because can't train without gear. And, man, recovery and nutrition is a big part of the game. So, shout out to those guys. Absolutely. Eric, my man, thank you for joining us, man. We wish you all the best. If there's anything we can do, plug or promote you or anything, man, let us know. Man, appreciate it, brother. Thank you guys for having me. All right, man. Yeah, man. That's it, man. That's a wrap on season two. I want to thank Eric Anders for joining us. We're going to have him back on in the future. I'm I'm definitely sure of that. Uh, Yeah, man. If you like hearing Average Joe's talk X's and O's, please like and share the podcast on Facebook. Retweet us on Twitter. Listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. As always, comments, ratings, and feedback is always welcome. We're going to see everyone next week. It's the start of a new season, season three. We got episode one coming at you. We got Molly Swift from the LSU women's soccer team to tell us about their season. They are showing out right now. So we'll see everyone then. This has been the In Off the Bench podcast. As always, remember, strong bodies, sharp minds, grit and grind all the time. We're out. How many times do you have to practice that?